Hi everyone and welcome to another episode of IJD HTF Alone Season 2 for all those people who just don't have time for Alone Season 2. And today we are talking about something very similar that we talked about last episode except for one small difference. The contestants have watched Season 1 and they've mm-hmm. learned hopefully, from some of their mistakes. Yeah, so they're still on Vancouver Island. I think they may be in a slightly different part of Vancouver Island because the exact beaches looked slightly different. There are more hills. Yeah. Um, But this is basically exactly almost a year later. Yep. So they're in the fall, going into the winter again, same area, and they've all kind of seen or fully seen the previous season. So I think when they were picking their 10 items, because if you didn't listen last time... They're all alone in isolation. They get to pick 10 items from a list of items that they can bring along with them to help them survive all alone. So I think them seeing what the people the previous season had picked and what worked and didn't work for them did help the people the second season. Correct. And also something else that's different about this season is there are females that are also yes. going to be competing. Three. Three of them. So three out of the seven, that's... I feel Which like that's like, a pretty go, good That's number. good to get that going because females are just as tough as males and a lot of times more Oh, tough. there was one female this season that we'll get to who I felt could have oh, very easily so well. beat the men. But we'll talk about that in a moment. Right now, we're going to start off with the loser of the losers. Yeah, we're going to start with the last person and then go towards the winner. I wouldn't say he's a loser, no. but he definitely tapped out seven so hours. this into. is also the first person of color they've had on the show. That is a great observation. Because I was like, there was no variety. The first season, it was all white men. Everyone was a white man. Yeah. So, it was a little bit like, you know, whatever you want to call it. So we have Desmond White. He's the first African-American or black, whatever you would like to say. He's from contestant. Arizona. Yes. Which is, this is not his climate. No, it was kind of a... He seemed like a weird pick for the show. Very strange me. pick. Um, so he left after only seven hours because he was scared of the bears, which were not even close to him. They were like across the water. But I think the realization came. He'd yeah. never seen a bear. They don't have bears in Arizona. No, not so, that type of bear anyway. Like, And I think he. it would have been very interesting to see how he would have survived because he did have a military background. Yeah. And so... He obviously done some training, and so he probably would have done pretty well. Had there not been bears. Yeah, and they also have another military guy that we will talk about very shortly. But it's weird because they saw the previous season and how many people left because of bears. And then this season, the people seemed just as shocked that they were bears. Yeah, it was very strange. It was weird. So so he he left after seven hours, and the next person didn't leave until seven days, which is a big deal because in the first seven days of season one, what was it, six people had already dropped, or five or six people Mm -hmm. had already dropped out. Yeah. So, seven days in was the second person to leave, which was Mary-Kate Green. And her exit was a little brutal because she was cutting stuff with her axe and cut her hand, which I was like, oh, it doesn't look so bad. And she, But she wasn't really tending to it. She just called in and then just waited for them to show up for an hour. Well, it looks like it was a split tendon. So which is what they found out deal. later, yeah. yeah. And then also another thing to note about this is that she was from Alaska. So she was I don't well know. equipped. Yeah, and I don't know if she just got like excited and like cut her hand or something. Well, I or... think on by day seven, starvation is starting to kick in a little bit. And like you're getting tired. You're not comfortable. Yeah. And I think she just 
was tired and just it slipped and it cut her hand. Yeah, but she was looking like a really strong contestant. I thought she was going to be like top five at least. And then this happened and really. It's just like boom. Messed things up. Damaged, you know, injured yourself, you're done. And that happens to guys too. Mm -hmm. So it's not just her or him. It's just a thing that happens. So, and we'll see when we move down, some of the stronger competitors also suffer from mistakes. So next person in line is Tracy Wilson. Tracy Wilson. Uh, she's 44. Or was 44. And she is from, yeah, she's no longer, she's deceased now. But she is from South Carolina. And she left after eight days. And she basically, it come down to uh, rage monster. Bears. Well, but, yeah. so what she said, so she was an ex-cop, and she was always talking about how, like, her rage comes out sometimes, oh, and yeah. it was something that made her very uncomfortable. I think she went to therapy for it, and it was the middle of the night, and there were a mama and baby bear in her camp, and she used a flare and, like, scared them away. And she and was like yelling the at way them. that she behaved, yeah. And she was like, I don't like that that's how my instincts resorted to me acting like that. I don't like it. I'm going to tap out before, like, yeah, whatever. And then when we were doing research on the show, we found out that she actually passed away about a year ago. Yeah. Um, from an unknown illness, which I don't think was related to this show. I don't think so either. But the but thing is, the toll strange. on your health that this kind of thing can take yep. could long-term cause issues. Especially if she's having nightmares about her rage monsters. Right. Maybe. So, moving on. Mike Lowe, who left because he missed his wife. This guy... Basically talked about the same story the entire time he was there. He was an orphan, and then he had his wife Barbara, who he just always talked about how much he missed Barbara. I feel I like think... he learned the dependency he had on his wife, and yeah. like he didn't know because he's like, "I'm an orphan, I can handle anything." But like, he realized the social connection, so he really walked away with something from this experience. Yeah, so he had made it 21 days, three weeks. I mean. That's better than I thought he was going to do based on... He was already talking about missing his wife the first hour he was there. Yeah. This guy, though, Mike Owell, he... Uh, oh, low. low. Sorry. He um, was extremely knowledgeable. Oh, yeah. Like, he had a, ton, a wealth of knowledge. He knew everything on the beach, what to eat, what not to eat, and how to prepare it. And then he also built a boat out of... A plastic container that, like... Had it, washed up. Yeah. And... That was like kind of ingenu- ingenuity of him. Ingenious. In- ingenuity. Like, I don't know how, how else to say that. Anyway, he built this boat. I thought it was going to I thought fail. he was going to, I thought that that was going to give him a leg up, but missed his wife and left. Uh, someone who left around the same time was a person who we thought was going to leave a lot earlier because they had lost their feral rod, which is their ability to make fire. And their name is Randy Champagne. Which is a fun name. I'm just going to throw that out there. And they're from Utah. And Mm -hmm. this guy was actually pretty tough. So he lost his ferro rod, what, day two, maybe? Yeah. Day three. And it had rolled into his fire pit and then basically just disintegrated. And he went back and looked at his footage he had taken and realized that's what happened. And then was like, well, I'm obviously wasting time if I continue looking for it because it's gone. So instead of looking, like continuing to look for something that wasn't there, he started just trying to build fire. Yeah. And he succeeded. It did take him. He struggled. It did take him a little bit of time the first time. But. And that was like, when did he lose his furrow? Day three? Yeah, day two or day three. It was. 
he, he went another three weeks, da- basically. 18 days yeah. without Flint, basically. And making having to make fires or, like, make sure his fire didn't burn out. Yeah. And he did a bit of starving mm-hmm. from what it looked like. He ate a lot of rodents. He didn't have any skill or no... He didn't have any past experience with fishing. Yeah. But he did catch a few fish pretty quickly. Which, then once he finally got the fish is when he ended up tapping out. He, like, got the he fish. Got he, made the it, fish. he made himself yeah. a sweat lodge. Yeah. I think it was a very spiritual experience for him. And I think the fish kind of, like, filled him up enough that his brain started going, hey, man, you got to get out of mm-hmm. here. You know, like, you're you're actually starving. Like, we were just numbing you so that you didn't, you know. Yeah. So next up we have one of my favorite contestants from the season, which is Justin Vit- Vitito. And he basically left because he had nothing left to accomplish. This guy, on day 20, 22... He had to move his entire camp, and then he found a new spot, and then his first night there, the entire bottom flooded. Yeah, and he's from Georgia. And he was a Marine, or ex-Marine. I actually really enjoy this guy. And on day 22, he was like, I always said on day 22, I was going to hike to the top of this mountain because it like represents the 22 veterans a day that commit suicide, and I want to like, overcome military. it. He was military, yep. So he did it. He went all the way to the top, and then he was... He comes back down and he's like, you know what? I thought that today was going to be my last day here. Yeah. I was done. And I that was just the one thing I wanted to do before I left. And it like rejuvenated him. It did. Like and kept he going. ended up lasting another, what, 13 days? He had like a really awesome sense of humor. And he also reflected a little bit and was like, yeah, I did survival training in the military. But it's different. It's about escaping the enemy, staying hidden you know, surviving as long as you can to get to where you need to go, right? Like, so he's Mm -hmm. not, he's having to travel, he's having to do that kind of stuff where he's not used to this stationary thing where it's like he's not having to move, he's not having to figure things out. Yeah. He didn't know how to, like, just live. Yeah, like, he, you know, think about it. If you're trying to escape an enemy territory, you're looking at maps, like you're moving, you're living off anything you can. And he was doing that, but he, like, had built, like, a gym. Yeah. And was, like, doing all sorts of exercises. His house, he did a really good job on his cabin. Oh, yeah. This is somebody I would love to meet. Before we move on, I want to take a moment to talk about our sponsor, which is BetterHelp. BetterHelp is my favorite because it's not self-help, but it's professional counseling. And you can start communicating with a therapist in under 24 hours. Maybe you feel alone like some of the people on this show. Maybe you're going through grief like I know we are. Maybe you just have anxiety or just feel the pressures of life just pounding down on you and BetterHelp is here to help assess your needs and match you with your own licensed professional therapist which i've been using online therapy now for a few weeks and i think it's been really helpful and i've also benefited from therapy in my past as well so you can send a message to your counselor anytime you'll get timely and thoughtful responses plus you can schedule weekly video or phone sessions all without ever having to sit in an uncomfortable waiting room BetterHelp is committed to facilitating great therapeutic matches so they make it easy and free to change counselors if needed. It's more affordable than traditional offline counseling and financial aid is available. The service is available for clients worldwide, which is awesome because I hate it when they have these services that are only available like in one place. So no matter where you're at, you can get help. There's a broad range of expertise available, which may not be locally available in many areas. 
and they have licensed professional counselors who are specialized in depression, stress, anxiety, relationships, sleeping, trauma, anger, family conflicts, LGBT matters, grief, self-esteem, and more. And everything you share with your counselor is 100% confidential. It's convenient, professional, affordable. And you can check out testimonials posted daily on their website. This is not a crisis hotline, so if you're going through crisis, this is not the service for you. But if you would like to speak to a counselor, this is perfect. I want you to start living a happier life today. As a listener, you'll get 10% off your first month by visiting our sponsor at betterhelp.com slash no time. Join over 1 million people who have taken charge of their mental health. Again, that's betterhelp.com slash no time. Okay. So we're just going to jump right back into it. Final four. Yeah. Nicole Appeline. She's one of my favorite contestants this season. She is my favorite contestant. But I, I think, did I did build an appreciation for the first place guy, but we'll get to that. Mm-hmm. I think that she's from Portland, Oregon, so I can like resonate with. Oh, that. she is so Portland. Yeah, everything about her like, is so Portland. Like her personality, which is a compliment. Um, she was forty-five, so good. Age, like that's a great age to do this. Mm-hmm. Uh, she was there for fifty-seven days, and that's a huge gap. Yeah, thirty-five days to fifty-seven days is like big deal. Uh, she her main reason she left she was struggling from like she had a stepson that she was really close with that had died from suicide mm-hmm. and so she come hadn't taken very much time to heal from that so this really to me looked like a healing experience for her she was incredibly knowledgeable about the oh, surrounding yeah. she was everything. eating great she was so respectful of like the other nature nature like yeah. she would see the bears and be like hi bears like, that's your, like, where you get fish. I'm going to get fish over here. We're going to respect each other's space. But she also would, like, explore where the bears were. And she found yeah. a berry, which was interesting. And, and then she also was, like, an herbalist. So she could go around and be like, oh, this is licorice root. This is yarrow, yarrow yeah, root. And these is, are the things this can help me with. So I'm yeah, going to collect this It's and incredibly use it. beneficial to have that type of knowledge. Another thing that really just sent her over the top for me is when she left, she was incredibly wholesome. Yes. And she basically was like, she said, I love this place. It's, it's so beautiful. And she couldn't stop smiling. And I believe it. You know, she walked away from And then from she kept cr- saying how bittersweet it was to leave. She's like, I miss my kids so much and I don't want to waste any time with my kids because time is precious. But like, this experience was amazing. Yeah. And... She did, she was probably one of the best people when it came to catching food and collecting food. And when she did end up with an overabundance of fish, she would let the fish go. Yeah. Because she would say, I don't want to take things that I don't need from nature. Yeah. And And that's why I think Nicole Appeline deserves a work. But moving on. I wonder, I hear there's an all-star season, right? And I'm really hoping that she comes back for the all-star season. Okay. So. Jose. Martinez. He so this guy was from Spain and he now lives in the Yukon in Canada. And this guy was probably the craftiest person I have ever seen on a show like this. He was on par with the first season guy who made a boat. Even probably had a little bit more wisdom and experience. Well, this guy made like a hand washing station. He had his fire lifted several feet off of the ground. Yeah, he was definitely on par and obviously had a more he was a little bit older mm-hmm. so he had a little more wisdom and a little more experience well and so the first season the guy who we're speaking of had been an outdoor like therapist type thing yeah and the, and jose actually taught classes on 
how to live in the wild, not just like how to go on a camping trip in the wild and do okay for a few days, but how to actually create like a home living situation in the wilderness. And I think that really came in handy. I think so too, but I do think that he was probably typically would have like a rifle of some sort. Uh, Something to note about this guy, he came in kind of thin. He got incredibly, he lost an incredible amount of weight for how thin he was. So he came out of it extremely thin. And he, his downfall was he built this kayak, which was a great kayak. The first time he went out, I was like, oh man. But then he ended up like leveling it out, making it nicer. So it rode really smooth. He would go out for a few hours a day and fish out on the kayak. And finally on day 59, the the kayak tipped over and he was like, I'm going to get hypothermia. I'm not going to be able to warm back up. I'm just going to call in. Yeah, and this was a little bit of a strange thing for us Mm -hmm. because he fell in and then, like, the boat was just there, like, immediately. So we were a little skeptical of that. Mm -hmm. And because I'm like, what, you just stood in the water for, like, how far were they? Even 30 minutes in the water would be excruciating pain, Yeah, you know? So I didn't really understand that. And I wonder if maybe, I mean, this is, like, a big, like... There's a bunch of different rumors going around about this, but I wonder if he called in first and then waited like a couple hours, like when he thought that they were coming and then tipped his boat. Mm, I don't think so. No? Okay. I think that certain people's islands or like beaches or whatever are more accessible than others. Yeah. And I do think it is relatively quick for them to come in on the boat. We were always joking that if we ever went on the show, we'd sneak into town and get a burger. But I don't know if he's that close. No, probably not. But the, how fast the boat got there, it sure seemed like it. So And next, editing makes it difficult. As too, editing editing does. But he was standing in the water, so it was like a little bit strange to me. Which, there was a lot of things being said, like maybe he was a producer plant, because things in, I guess, certain seasons were a little, like, iffy. Yeah, they were dicey. That. So, next person, we won't dwell on him anymore. Uh, Larry Roberts. This guy was 44-year-old. He was from Minnesota, so he's used to these harsh conditions. Um, You know, 64 days. He went five days longer than Jose. I was shocked this guy made it as long as he did. Me too. He came in with a real, like... Bad attitude. I don't want to say bad attitude. He he was swearing at nature every... He was cursing any little thing that went wrong. He was running and yelling and... You know, so it was a really real experience from him is what I got. I kind of yeah. enjoyed the the open and honesty about it, but it's kind of weird that they caught it on camera, him cursing all the time. Almost like, I don't know if he put on or whatnot, but so he did finally break down. Just hunger got to him. He was like totally twigging out. And then also his mental, he just couldn't do it anymore. He just I was surprised down. he didn't have a mental breakdown like day three. Yeah. So making it 64 days for him is really a He's triumph. somebody we thought was going to give up earlier, but I think he walked away with a really wonderful um, op- eye-opener. Like, yeah. Changed his whole world. Okay, so let's talk about the victor here for a second. Yeah, this guy is really the underdog in my perspective. I had mixed feelings about him coming in. Because he had just gone through a divorce. He had moved from Brazil back to the United States. He had three, like, adult children that he was leaving at home. And at first I was like, oh, this guy's not going to make it very far. And then 
I think it was on like the third or fourth episode in, he is talking about how he never really had much money and wasn't able to provide for his kids in the way that he wanted and had to tell them, no, we can't go on trips. No, you can't have these things for school. No, you can't do yeah. this because we don't he have the money. He was a very impoverished person, but he also was a devout man in my mm-hmm. perspective. Like he was like a cheerful, like easygoing, devout man. And I think his perspective of why he wanted to win changed. Mm-hmm. Right? Because at first it was... I want to leave my kids something. I want to have something yeah. for them. And by the end, it became like, this is my legacy. You know, yeah. like, this is what I want to be known for. Like, I went out there. Mm-hmm. I freaking did the deed and I stuck it out. You know, 66 days is no joke. That's, no. That's over two months. And I did like how he was just, like, talking to, like, the person who was coming, because they always come every so often to do like health checks yeah. on the contestants, which we normally don't see. But he was getting a health check and he's like, Oh, I'm not ready to leave. I'm doing really good. Like, I'm like, I have rough days, but like, I'm feeling like I'm ready to stick this out. I'm ready to do it. I mean, and then he his- lost about, they said he lost about 20 pounds within the first few weeks. Yeah. So, like, he was not doing well. We thought he was going to drop out. And he really did an awesome mental job and pushed forward and, like, really took care of his mental needs. Yeah, but when he was talking about being ready to continue on, his daughter, like, came up behind him and surprised him. And it was oh, really yeah. nice. It was really And I sweet. think he would have made it probably another 15 days. I don't know if he would have made it the full 100, but... I think he would have had... He would have started having more... Health problems. Health problems, yeah. especially because... They were going into winter, so food was getting more scarce. It was harder to go out. Although he was catching a lot of he food was, at the end there, which he, kind of pushed him Wasn't forward. he the one who caught, like, six crabs? Oh, yeah. And he put out this crab line, and Andrew and I were like, people can't catch crabs like that. What the heck is he doing? And he was and catching he caught six crabs immediately. Left and right. Yeah. And we're like, evidently, that is how you catch crabs, and we just yeah. have no clue. Like, he showed me. I, I was like, ate my words there. Uh, he was on the older side. He's the second oldest contestant, so that's like... Significant. The only older person was Mike Lowell, who uh, missed his wife, mm-hmm. which he had a, a ton of. He probably would have done really well if he could have got past that. Yeah. But he kind of like reevaluated and found out what really mattered to him. So we did it. That's it for season, season two. two. We got two more of these and then maybe on to something new. Or maybe we'll continue. We don't know yet. So tune in for season three of Alone next in week. In Patagonia.